Hi, y'all. I'm Miles, the one that loves to smile, and I'm so thankful that you tapped in to sit down number 13. It just, I can't even believe that we're already at this point. I've done 13 of these. It just, it's, these moments are becoming some of my favorite just to be able to stop, to exhale, to connect with anyone listening or watching or however you're interacting with this. These are becoming some real special moments for me, and I am just so incredibly thankful, blessed, and honored that you would be here with me on this journey. So thank you so much. Um, we got a good one today. I think this is going to be a really fun one. The guest coming up is someone that I'm really looking forward to talking to. Uh, this person and I have um, been friends for a few years now, and they are just a very special and genuine person and I'm excited to highlight who they are so I appreciate you sticking around for that. Before we get to the new guest I do want to recap my last guest so on sit down 12 I had my buddy Shane come on and I just want to say a big 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 thank you to Shane. I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and just chop it up and just talk about um, everything going on and being willing to take an authentic look and sharing where he's at. We had some great conversations. We talked about Legos. We talked about music. We talked about concerts. We talked about the importance of creating and what that journey can look like and where that journey takes you. And then he rounded everything out by sharing some authentic moments that made him smile. So uh, that's definitely someone, if you haven't seen it, you should check out that video. There's going to be a link in the description down below. Also, it's on my uh, channel. So if you ever want to look to find it wherever you find the Smiles with Miles podcast, that episode's going to be there too. So please feel free to tap into that if you ever want to catch up on an authentic conversation. Switching gears, now that we've uh, recapped the last guest, I just want to let everyone know that I am falling in love with this process and the opportunity to work on these sit downs and just doing this journey once a month has been something that's been very therapeutic for me. It's brought a lot of growth. It's brought a lot of development. Um, it's allowed me to sharpen my craft and really work at what I have going on here. I bring that up specifically because in this next sit down, there are some new items that are gonna be added. You uh, won't be seeing these microphones. I'm trying something new with the, with the audio, just trying to dabble and try different things, trying to find the best way to deliver this experience to everyone listening, watching. So if, uh, if you listen to the audio of the next segment it should all still sound the same because I'm gonna be doing all my things on the back end and make sure that that's there but it might not have these microphones in front of us because I'm trying something new so I appreciate your uh, patience as I work on that and I'm just so grateful to be falling in love with this process because it truly is a labor of love and I it's not an obsession, it's definitely not, but it's something that is growing in my mind and is just taking more and more of my time and I love it. So I just appreciate everyone being here with me and allowing me to scale and grow this together as we keep on adding more and more content. Um, if you, as, as I mentioned, if you're just listening to the, to the audio, uh, the audio should still sound about the same. If you are watching this on YouTube, uh, you might not notice some of these mics, but it's all good things. Just trying to find new ways of packaging the information and getting it back. So, um, through working on craft and working on my skills, I, I, I am happy to be going where I'm going and I appreciate everyone being on on this journey with me. Another big piece for me is that this room is gonna to continue to evolve and grow. I've been doing some behind the scenes uh, items to get it set up for the best that it possibly can. This really is turning into my Smiles HQ and with that, I just want to make sure that I can capitalize on this room to the best of its ability. And there are some key pieces that I can do in there. And I think more will be revealed in a couple later videos. But just for this sit down, I wanted just to mention some of those things. So yeah, as I mentioned, this space is going to be growing, ad adapting, shifting. I'm just grateful to be able to have a space to be able to call my own and be able to work through. I feel so honored and blessed to have it. But with all that, we're going to hop into this next mystery guest. I think it's going to be a great conversation. And I hope that everyone has the opportunity to just enjoy it, sit back, relax, and hopefully the conversation will leave you smiling in some way. All right. Keeping the conversation on crafts and perfecting crafts. 
My next guest is someone who I think has many different crafts, and I've enjoyed watching you develop these crafts over time. For sure. And I'm so excited because now we have the time to sit down and just really get into some deeper topics. Because life's busy, and we don't always have time to just like sure. sit up and talk, but now we kind of do. So thank you so much, mystery guest. We'll get into who you are in <laughs> just a second. You know, got to build some. For sure. Some, you know, fun. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but uh, highlights that I always like to bring up is that uh, we met, I would say, in the like 2014 era, um, both just young adults in our early 20s figuring life out. Yeah. Uh, through that, we've always shared a couple different hobbies or hobbies and passions. So we've shared music, sports. Uh, I think we're both positive people that like to impact impact others as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, those are just some of the things that we share in common. A couple things I gotta mention for this specific guest. Some specific highlights is he is always getting it done in the weight room. <laughs> always is getting pumps out. He's you can typically find him on a stage having some fun, whether that be singing, rapping, or doing different things. Also coaches high school football here, so is always willing to uh, share some knowledge for the game. Also is a also provides financial solutions as a loan a loan a loan officer. So we'll get into some more what that looks like too. For sure. And one of my favorite ones is a karaoke killer. <laughs> whenever whenever there is a karaoke song that needs to be sung, he's ready. Facts. So with all that and with this podcast, I do like to keep it fun and fresh. So I like to ask some real questions in real time just to kind of break the ice. Okay. And start out this way so sure. there are two questions that i would like to know because learning new things makes me smile and you could answer either one of these mm -hmm. or both of them okay. so the first question is if you could be any character in the mcu who would you be that's such a tough answer because i love the mcu me too <sighs> and there's so many characters inside the mcu that it's like when you pick one you're kind of giving up on some other one yeah like you give sense. yeah like you're like you're sacrificing some of yes the um, I feel like Tony's such a basic answer, but I love him just because he's, he loves protecting. He's, he's all about him, but when it comes down to it, he's extremely selfless and is always, you know, ready to make the sacrifice play. And I love that. 1000%. And he, and he proves everybody wrong every time about that. And I love that. And he's always like wearing something fly. And Super like fly. Latest tech. And like his suit changes every single time that you see him. Like how it yeah, takes over his. Like that's just some fly stuff. Always evolving. Always doing something better. Like yeah. I, I think it'd be Tony. Just I think that's the, the energy answer. he comes with. That's a solid answer. I yeah. think you. And that's a personality. And I think that you have a personality as well. And I think that's an important thing to highlight. Because those are important as well. And I could just yeah. see you rocking some cool shades that then Man. turn into like a spaceship and fly you out. Don't let me get Tony Stark money because <laughs> I'll act crazy just like he does. Okay, okay. Now, the second question, if you wanted to, to, to answer is okay. uh, favorite social media platform. I know that you're pretty pretty active on oh, socials. You're Twitter, easy. Okay. Twitter, Twitter, easy. How come? Because people, it's just, it's the funniest platform. Like all the jokes you see on other platforms usually started at Twitter. Yeah. Um, you can get real-time information, whether it's news or, I mean, you get, you get real-time tweets from kids who are in classrooms when there's a school shooter and stuff like that. Like, it's the only platform you can really get that much real-time information all at once. Um, and, you know, when it comes to sports, you get your breaking information there before you get it on ESPN or Sports Center. Yes. Um, and, like, back in high school, like, 20, uh, 2000, what? Nine two thousand ten is when I really got on Twitter, and there was like it was like the wild west. Like there was no laws; you could edit people's tweets and do whatever you wanted, and just you can quote them and say totally different things. Fucking bury people. Oh, yeah, no, it was yeah. Those Twitter. I got on Twitter. I think tw or two thousand eleven, so close to that same yeah. time frame. And man, it it was crazy. You could do what you could do whatever you wanted. That's why it's so good, and it's still so good because everyone's there. Everyone's just talking. Like it's just. It's it's perfect. And the timeline, there's like always always something, something yeah. Like something's Constant always constant stimulation. It's like I don't know. It's it's like I think TikTok took the format where it's just constant, you know, up like constantly seeing content. Yeah. But 
you know, a lot of TikTok is pre-recorded and rehearsed and stuff like that. Twitter, people are just throwing out whatever they want as soon as they think it, and I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I think with the video of TikTok, it makes it more of a production. I yeah. Like you're saying, where Twitter, I feel that it's like I get people's thoughts, feelings, yeah. emotions, and I just like to see that. You get in real time. If, if, there's yeah. a, if there's a Broncos game on, you will literally watch me go through my crisis, like, as I'm watching. And the entire journey of, yes. of the game. And that's why I think it's so funny. Yeah, artists release music there first. Yeah. Um, there's a character limit, which is always nice, so you can only yeah. say so much. Yeah. Like, and there's then for all the for all the nonsense that's on, there's a lot of good information on there as well. You can find real gems in real yeah. game, and for me, all of social media, but a lot of it comes down to knowing how to sift through it. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's mining for like gold. For sure. Like you sit down, and you kind of sift, and if you know what you're looking for, you can find so much information and yeah. connect with some amazing people. For sure. I'm totally sure. What are your answers for the questions? So for me, for MCU, it's so difficult. Yeah. I, uh, I've i always liked Korg. The Korg is rock. Yeah, yeah, man. He, uh, and he's just so funny and witty. And the MCU is always very serious, but I think that there's like an air of lightness in it as yeah. well. And he just brings that too. And I think life needs that. For sure. Yeah. And Taiko, what, TT's just always funny. Oh, he's, he's hilarious. And then for me, I really like Reddit. Okay. Yeah, I think Reddit and just the way that it's set up with the different forums and communities and being able just to find groups. Like, I didn't realize, like, so many people were passionate yeah. about so many topics till like, I got on, like, Reddit hammocks mm -hmm. and realized, like, everyone talking about the right way to hang up a hammock. That's incredible. And being like, no, 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 you do it that way, it's wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, sorry. Like, this, this is, is what they do. Yeah, yeah, this is what they do. And there's just a subreddit for everything yeah. that goes so deep. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be me. Okay, good answers. Yeah, appreciate that. Thank you, Mr. Guest. I appreciate you keeping the theme of the uh, questions going. Of course, of course. Okay, I can say that is enough prolonging. I can finally introduce my next guest, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to introduce to you my friend, Eric. How's it going, everybody? Super excited to be here. Glad, glad to have you. I know, you know, sometimes it's fun in, in this room and there's not a lot going on, but this is a fun time just to sit down and talk to Peter Lamb. For sure. You know? Love it. Yeah, man. Just uh, appreciate you, you know, being here, giving up, giving up your time. I know football season's in full swing now, so yeah. it's eating up a ton, a For ton sure. of your time. Work doesn't stop, so I'm just glad that you are here. We're going to talk about some uh, topics, have some fun, and then hear about a time that made you smile. Sweet. Let's do it. Let's dive right in on the sports side because I think sports are a great connector for life. It's for a sure. great way for yeah, people absolutely. to be able to talk, communicate, relate, and you are very actively involved in coaching sports. So for everyone listening, can you please tell them where you coach and also what you coach? Yeah, so I'm at uh, Catalina Foothills High School. I am the defensive coordinator for varsity, so this is my second year at Cat Foot. Um, before that, I was coaching at Saguaro for four years as a defensive backs coach and um, the JV defense coordinator. Very nice. And yeah. Doing that and doing all that coaching on the defensive end, mm -hmm. that can be a, a tough area to coach because yeah. sometimes offense gets, well not sometimes, offense gets a lot of the yeah. limelight. For sure. So what made you want to get more on the defensive side? And is there a, you know, is there a passion there for it? For sure. So, I mean, growing up, my favorite player was always Champ Bailey, who was a corner for the Broncos. Okay. Um, so he made me fall in love with that position. And it's, I, I think it's probably one of the top three, if not the hardest position to play in football. Okay. Um, because you have a receiver running full speed at you that knows exactly where they're going. And as a corner, you have to run backwards mm -hmm. and be able to keep up with wherever they're going without knowing where they're going. Right? It's just like, it's... Extremely difficult. The mechanics are complex. Yeah, if that makes sense. hundred percent. And so um, I played. I played both sides of the ball growing up my whole life. Um, in high school, I, I played and started on both sides of the ball. So I played running back and I played corner and safety, and uh, had scholarships to go play after high school. Did a couple mm -hmm. visits. Um, originally was going to go to BBU out in Iowa, Buena Vista University. Um, ended up staying. You know, just felt right to stay and take my academic scholarships, go to the U of A. My mom just had my sisters my senior year. Like, I wanted to be here to see them as well. Yeah. Like, there was just a lot, of, a lot of moving parts. So when I got back into coaching, I just always loved the defensive side more than the offensive side because I think it's scoring a touchdown is cool, but stopping a touchdown or getting a turnover is so much more satisfying because it doesn't happen as often. 
Um, and I, I, I like the challenge of it, you know? Yeah. It, so. It's like rolling up your sleeves to go to work. Yeah. You know, and it's like, how can I yeah. stop that person or that ball? And let's go do it. hundred percent. So, and I think, you know, you have such a big impact on winning games or not, because, you know, it doesn't matter. You could score 50 points, but if the other team scores 60, you still lose at the end of the game. If you can hold a team to zero points, worst case scenario is a tie. And I think that's true. so much more power on your side. Yeah. And that just sets up the game well because you're like, listen, they had zeros. Yeah. Go kick a field goal. Let's get in position to try yeah. to kick a field goal. To try to do some smaller steps to really win this game. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, if you hold them to zero, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if the offense scores zero because the worst thing that can happen is a tie. So I think, you know, putting a defense together and game planning and getting everybody in the right spots is like putting a puzzle together. And when it actually, when it, when it works, everyone does the right job at the right time and you work and you win that play, it's so satisfying, it's such a good feeling. Would you say that's the hardest job in coaching is making sure that all of those puzzle pieces are connecting at the right time? Yeah. Okay. It's because even, even if the game plan is good, if, you know, it takes, especially on defense, it takes all 11 for something to happen. You know, on offense, a receiver could not block on the far side of the field and it doesn't really impact the play if everyone else is. On defense, it really does take all 11 to really do the right thing at the right time. And I think that's the hardest part. We have great coaches at Catfoot, though, so it's awesome. You know, the defensive line coaches are great, linebackers, DBs, and we all do a really good job of making it work in unison. I like that. Well, what are some ways, and I don't know if you can give up too many, you know, secrets, but what are some of the ways that you can really, like, help the team understand how to move in unison like that? Because I, I can imagine specifically for, for high schoolers, that could be kind of hard to communicate and get them on that page. Yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces, but I think, you know, just – you know, drawing it on the board is the first step, right? So they can see where they're supposed to be. Going out, practicing it in our individual groups by ourselves. Like, what are you supposed to do here? Then bringing the team together and having it all happen at once and then going back and watching film and saying, okay, this is how it's supposed to look. This is how it looks. What do you think we need to fix? I like that. And then that's when it all starts to come together. It's like you have to go out there and do it. And yeah. then you have to review what you're doing yeah. and make sure that it's all looking and right. See, okay, look what we did here. Does this make sense? No, why? Okay, now we've identified what the problem is. Let's go fix it on the field. I like what we're supposed to do. Yeah, so it's it's cool, man. There's a lot of moving pieces, but it's the challenge is really fun. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Um, I know you mentioned that, well, you mentioned Denver Broncos a, a time or two already just being here, so yeah. that, that is your favorite football team. Yeah. Um, what... What was it because is that when you have like family back there or is that your sister? No, I grew up. My uncle always watched Broncos games and I was kind of watching them at the same time when I started getting into football, so that was always nice. And then I just, you know, fell in love with Champ Bailey and, you know, all these guys that we had on the team and it was just so fun to watch them. So nice. it just, I just stuck with them. You know, once you kind of pick a team, you just kind of stick with them and through good or bad, you know, that's, that's what you do. So we've had a few bad years, so we're hoping it's a good year this year, but. Yeah, man, just just stuck with him. Champ Bailey's my he makes me he made me want to play corner and play football. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So on the heels of football, Eric, you've always have been someone that has at least to me, I've seen you sharpening your craft in different ways, mm -hmm. and a craft that I I've always enjoyed being part of the journey in was your music. Yeah, because you would make <laughs> some songs, put them out there, whether that be on like SoundCloud, YouTube, or on you know Apple Music on you know, Spotify. You just would put out music, and I always appreciated it because I'm a big believer and a big proponent of I really enjoy listening to my friends' music and my yeah. and whatever my friends put out, I like it because my friends made it. If that yeah. makes sense. And I have always appreciated that in you, and I've had the opportunity to be at some of your shows. I've had the opportunity to just be around some of those moments, but I wanted to ask you, where where did the desire to create music stem from for you? Was that something that you always wanted to do or something that came on later in life? And then um, a second question is, uh, what made you want to per perform it live? But if you want to do the first question first, then we'll yeah, do that. Yeah, so where, did, where does it come from? Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. I don't know. I think music's just incredible, right? So, like, the, the earliest memories I have, I'm sure a lot of people are the same, is, you know, Sunday mornings cleaning at my dad's house, and he's playing, you know, Albert or whatever it is, right? Like, listening to... And those Sunday cleaning days were awesome, right? And then, you know... And my, my dad actually used to do music. He used oh, to rap. Yeah. Before really? Before he had me, yeah. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Okay, so it runs in the family some. Yeah, and my dad's, like, always been... He's, he's a great singer, yeah. Um, so he's always he was always singing around the house. He used to rap, and I always thought it was super cool. And um, 
Yeah, man, I don't know. I just, you know, it's, it's a progression. So it's Sunday mornings listening to music, you know, singing and rapping with your dad and doing what you guys do. And then, you know, I remember in middle school, you know, trying to write my own raps because I thought it was so cool how you could piece together words and, you know, have all this wordplay. And then, um, yeah, I think it just, it just, it's like an avalanche, right? It starts off so small and then it just gets bigger and bigger until it becomes this huge thing. And then for years, I was like, okay, this is what I do. Like, I was making cool money performing and from streams and all these different things. So I think it just, it starts so small. And I think this is what a lot of things in life, like, and then it just barrels into this big, I like this huge thing. Yeah. I like that. So something that started as small is just growing up every Sunday in the home, then middle school, writing some things down. And that yeah. was when you were kind of like, okay, I can put some things on paper and get some thoughts out. I thought out. I could. I hey, but th- yeah. it has to start. That first step has to start somewhere, yeah. you know? And I think that's really cool, man. And it's, it's always really fun to see it with the family connector. I, I really yeah. like that m- music or whoever is around you when you're growing up, musically can really impact that. For so sure. Hearing that your dad was uh, was able to be there on that journey, I think it's really cool. And not only that, but then like, I mean, just watching these these artists that we idolize, like, and you see that live performances, you're like, man, how cool is that? That like, you know, 10,000 people came here to watch you read some words that you wrote down about your life. Like, that's awesome. Man. So I always wanted to be like that. That's cool. And you, and it's also cool to say that you wanted to be like that. And I would say you went out and did it. Yeah. You were, you, you were on stage, people singing, singing your songs in interacting. Oh yeah. It's just so cool just to see. And then that, that makes sense. Cause that live aspect I think is, is the extra layer to it. Because once you start taking it live, then you're kind of putting the flag up and saying, look at what I made. Yeah. And people were resonating with what you were making. Yeah, and it takes a while to get there. I mean, especially because I think that was the next question, right? Is what's, mm-hmm. you know, what made you want to start performing live? Yeah. Well, you know, it's the same thing. It starts off with such a small thing and then it gets bigger. So, you know, you it starts off with me writing raps in middle school. And then, you know, into high school, I'm still doing it and, you know, doing it at parties or whatever, right? Like trying to freestyle, like. King Los, I loved King Los when I was in oh, like yeah. high school because he could freestyle. He could freestyle so good. Um, and then my boy Ruben at the time in high school, um, I think it was like my senior year or something. He said, "Hey, you know, I'm going to the studio because he wanted to rap too." He's like, "Why don't you come with me?" I never recorded anything, so I was like, "Oh, cool." So I went and recorded and then, you know, came back and listened to it and it was the it was terrible, but I had made it and it was so cool that it was like I could actually play this. Like yeah, like you had something that you've made and you could just keep that in play whenever yeah. you wanted. So then it so then it turns to doing that more often and then you know wanted to see what it's like to perform and then I got my we did, I think we did a show at we did a show at Deviate at the time okay the club and there was it was like some contest and we performed two songs and we won the contest and that what was what like, songs do you know uh, we did remixes to songs yeah. I don't cool. even remember. Um, I wish I could remember. That's okay. And we probably weren't very good, but we had a lot of energy because it was our first time and we were kind of yeah. nervous. And, you know, we recorded the songs, not at the studio this time, but we recorded them in his house on his little computer, like his little shitty mic. Like, yeah. And we made it work and we performed when we won. So that was such a confidence boost. And then the first real show I got to perform at is, was actually King Lose. I saw on Twitter, as a matter of fact. I, it had popped up on my algorithm, you know, the promoter for the show saying, hey, looking for three people to perform at this show in Phoenix for, for Los. And I was like, oh my God. Like, like, I can do that. That would be incredible, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we like paid him money to perform or whatever. And So that process, was there any like audition? Was there, did you just say like, hey, I can do it? Did you have like sent I sent music and I, was, okay. and I was young and dumb and willing to pay. And I think that's all that mattered. Like, right. was, it didn't matter. It was like Los, I got to meet him after. Like it was the coolest thing ever. So I performed. Performance probably wasn't great. I know the music wasn't good, but I still did it. And I think... Once you get into performing, it's such a rush. Like, it gave me the same rush that I had on Friday nights playing football. Wow. Like, it's such an adrenaline rush. And I think that that part of it's addicting. Because, you know, writing music can be a hard process. Getting into that space can be a hard process. Making it all work and sound good can be a hard process. But it's all worth it for the 20-minute set that you get to do. That's cool. And it's the same thing in football. Like, Mondays are a grind. Conditioning sucks. Weightlifting was never fun. Um, Getting killed in film because I did stuff wrong was never fun. But it's all worth it for the four quarters you get to play on Friday night. So that's kind of what you do it for. And I think, you know, performing is such, has its own stairs that you go up as well. So you start off, you know, you're rapping over your own songs. You probably don't have a lot of energy. 
and then you start to get a little bit more comfortable. So you take out the lyrics and it's just the beat, and then you're just rapping mm-hmm. over the beat, and you get a little bit more comfortable. Then okay. you're really comfortable. You can start, you know, adding stuff in the middle. You have a really good flow, and that kind of builds itself up as well. So I think it's it's a, just a process on so many layers that was really cool, and I got to do a lot of cool stuff. Like, yeah, it, it sounds like as you went on your musical journey you really put the time and respect into each leg of it. You put oh, yeah. the time and respect into making the music, you put the time and respect into perfecting what you had and yeah. then how to perform it in the best way that you could. Yeah, and I performed you know, a lot of shows by myself and a lot of shows with Tommy, you know, my brother yeah. Tommy Will. Shout out um, Tommy. Shout out Tommy. And uh, we prided ourselves so much on putting on a great show. So a lot of inner song banter, and getting the crowd involved and just really knowing and performing the lyrics with everything we had because you don't know how many chances you're gonna get to perform, right? So you make the most of it every time. And I think we prided ourselves so much on that and that's what really resonated with people. Whether the music was good or not, they wanted to see us perform. That was was super special, yeah. Yeah, and I think also in in an industry where it can be so music driven, it's cool when the driving factor are the individuals yeah. because that that shows that it's real and it's gonna last. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, I've always admired you and your father's relationship. You've already talked about how he has impacted some of the early musical part of mm-hmm. your journey. I, it's funny because I wasn't aware of that, but I, I did know that you and your dad often frequented karaoke together yeah, and can sure. be found performing together. And <laughs> I always thought that was just such, such a fun. Every time I would see that or just know that was going on, it just made me happy because I think that's a special, genuine moment. And mm-hmm. and I want to know, do you guys have like a song that you're like, all right, listen, we just know if like we need to perform a song and like it has to like ring off right. Yeah. Like you have that song, or is it just kind of like we'll sing anything because we just like to do. This. I mean, we will sing anything, but the go tos are usually they're both country songs. But okay. Like, Drive by Alan Jackson is we always crush that one. And a celebrity by Brad Paisley. Those are the go-to. Those are like the yeah. two, and you're like, listen, if we know, that's gonna. Be yeah, if we gotta get it going, yeah, okay. that's it for sure. But any song that comes up, you guys are both like, sure, we'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> I love that, man. I think, I think that's something that's really special, and I know that the relationship I have with my dad has impacted and helped me through a lot of my life, and I think being able to have both of those common pieces is is really special. Yeah. I think growing up in in the years that we grew up in, that that's not always the case for some so I just appreciate that and I love highlighting that whenever I see it so I think that's a really special moment and really cool I was gonna ask you if there's any other ways that your father has uh has has influenced your life but it sounds like on the musical side that's a ton but outside of music can you speak to like any any other ways that yeah I've just I've always wanted to be better than my dad like because he's like growing up he was always you know very self-confident I borderline cocky but he you know he likes just kind of same energy that I have, right? And he kind of instilled that confidence in me. But, you know, I I think he's such a great dad. And, you know, I didn't... I'm so lucky to be in the position I am. Because my parents were 16 when they had me. Mm-hmm. So, like, life could have been a lot different. Yeah. Could have been a lot worse. Like, yeah. But they made it work. Multiple jobs, they made it work. Like, yeah. my mom as well. Um, but Shout out mom. Always. Shout out mom, always. Um, but, like, yeah, music. Like, I heard my dad rapping on his tapes and I wanted to rap better than him and then like my dad was a great football player I wanted to be better than him and like I don't know like he's just always been so cool to me that I want to like be like him just a little bit better like my dad loves whiskey and when we first started drinking in college and you know I didn't really drink that you don't like whiskey when you're no when you're 18, no. right? But I wanted to like it because my dad, like, he always drank Jack and Cokes. Okay, that was um, his, like, drink. That was his drink. Okay. Now he just does straight bourbon, but it was Jack and Cokes for so long. But I hated it, but I wanted to be able to drink it with him and so we could bullshit together. So I would go to, between classes, I would go to, at the U of A, I would go to Espresso Art Cafe, yeah. which is down there, right? Yeah. And I would get a Jack and Coke, and I hated it. But it's like, you kind of build that tolerance to it. So I would go have one, and, like, I would hate it, but I would finish it. And the more I did it, the more I began to be okay with it, and the more I liked it. Definitely. So then, when I went to go drink with my dad, I could like hang with him. You like, could like actually drink it. And yeah, yeah, be there. That's really cool. And yeah. I, 
I really resonated with what you said about your parents having you at, you said 16. Were 16, they, yeah. 16. So I am a, adopted, and my mm-hmm. birth parents, they were similar ages when they, you know, had me. And, yeah. and I often think about, you know, they chose to go a couple routes that changed how my life went. Yeah. And without parents who are willing to change what they got going on, a child can really change things. Yeah. And it's really cool seeing how your parents were both able to make those steps to make sure that you had everything yeah, that was there. Yeah, and they I'm just like way too lucky. Like I always tell people how the family dynamic is and it's kind of crazy just because like I think my dad and my mom were really good friends who obviously made a mistake, right? No one really plans to get pregnant at fifteen or sixteen, but you know, they try to make it work, didn't they both remarried since, but like the family dynamic is so good. So I have three sisters on my mom's side, two on my dad's side. And like, there's been times where both families go on vacation together. Like my dad and my stepdad can hang out and drink together. My mom, and my stepmom can have, you know, wine together and hang out and talk. And like That's both families go, to, if there's a party, the other family's always invited and things like that. So like me and my stepdad went to my dad's house a couple weeks ago and we had like a bourbon night and like just wow. went out and drank bourbon and stuff like that. Like my mom has parties. My dad's family is always invited, like things yeah. like, like holidays and stuff. So That's cool. I think I'm just way too lucky. All my sisters get along. I'm super blessed. That, so. you know, family is everything. And yeah. having that solid family, I know can just do a lot. And that is a blessing for sure. For sure. That, that is dope. Yeah, man, I'm super lucky. Another craft that I have watched you sharpen over the years is your, I would call it your community craft. Okay. Because as I've watched you age and grow, Eric, I've seen you become more and more involved in the community. I think you've always been involved on a, um, I would say a more like fun peer group level. You, You are a pretty connected guy. You go places, you tend to know know people you are a part of the community that way but yeah. something has changed in the past couple of years where you you want to give back to the community yeah. more and that's been something that I have always admired so I appreciate that thank you sir yeah. if, if you could uh, just kind of talk about any of the ways you've given back to the community recently and then on top of that I just want to ask where does that passion come from yeah um, okay so yeah a lot of events have started years ago I don't remember what year I started this probably six or seven years ago but I wanted to give um, like blankets and hygiene products and socks and stuff to some of the homeless people that are like downtown area and um, around Christmas time because I've always I've always not liked that that they're out there like that so um, I just took I didn't have a lot of money because I was serving and hosting at the time but I took whatever money I had saved up. Um, went and bought a bunch of blankets and then the day after Christmas just went and handed them out to people or maybe it was Christmas Eve at that time okay. um, and just gave them out to people downtown that didn't I didn't really I didn't promote it because it wasn't the thing I needed people to know about I just wanted to help people so you know usually I go late at night and they're sleeping so I just kind of drop the blankets and whatever oh, products okay. I got next to them okay. um, so that way I don't bug them but they can wake up to something That's to awesome. kind of help them a little bit yeah so started doing that I've done that every year since um and I wanted to up it, so when I was doing music, I would release an album at least once a year, and I, we would do an album release party, and then the the money that I raised on that from tickets and merch, I would donate to a local charity in town. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that, it one charity, or would you kind of mix Every it? year I would do a different That's one. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. And then um, this year so far, I've done, I did a water bottle drive this summer because it was way too hot, so I got a bunch of water bottles, sunscreen, hats, visors, um, whatever you could think of to kind of help beat the heat and handing them out to people at the parks. This was really the first one I promoted besides like obviously the album release parties. Um, the Christmas thing is kind of one that I do by myself. Last year I got, a, a, last year I did get some donations for the first time just because I wanted to make it bigger. Um, but this one I was promoting and a lot of people donated, which was awesome. So I appreciate everyone that did. Um, I have another one planned for this Christmas on top. I'm going to do the blanket drive still, but I have a separate one planned. Um, that I won't talk about yet, but I'm super okay. excited about that yeah. one. But still going to do the blankets, so always down to take blanket donations. Um, yeah, if man. people wanted to donate to you, what's the best way for them to donate? Probably just text me and say, Eric, can you come pick these up? Or Perfect. hit me up on social media or something. Perfect. I'll drop all that. Links yeah. are going to be in the description below. So if you want to donate anything, please, please get in contact with them. Sorry, yeah. I just wanted to. No, it's okay. To That's jump, awesome. Jump in. Um, and then the passion, man, I don't know. I think, I don't. I don't know the best way to word this. I think it's kind of a feeling of guilt 
because I'm, we've talked about it already, but I'm way too blessed. Like mm. my family dynamic statistics say shouldn't be as good as it is. And as successful as I've been, some stuff that I pursued, statistics say I probably shouldn't have been successful in everything that I've tried to do, but it just kind of works out, right? Mm. Um, because I make it happen. And so I don't like, but not everyone's as blessed as me. Like my life could have been very different if my parents decided to go a different route with it. You know what I mean? And I just don't think it's fair that there's so many people who are dealt such a shitty hand. Yeah. Um, and so I try to give back to them in every way possible. I have such a soft spot in my heart for like animals too. Like I get that from my mom for sure. And like just I don't like seeing people homeless. I don't like I don't like it's just not fair because life is already hard enough as it is, and it's even harder just based off the hand you're dealt. It's, it's random. You know what I mean? There right? is some luck of the draw there. That yeah, depending on where your family di- dynamic is, where you're born, the, the, the year that you're born, yeah. it can just impact a lot. And I think anyone who has the means to be able to give back, giving back is such... Yeah, I mean, if you nice can, thing. then why not? Because yeah. like, I, I can pay my bills, I'm fine, but people need help. And it's just, Definitely. it's really not fair. Like, there are certain situations where people might put themselves in a bad spot, that's fair. But yeah. a lot of the time, it starts with what family you're born into or what your circumstances were growing up and we don't have any control of that. So I just, I don't think that's fair and I try to just help people as much as I can because life is so hard already. Every day. Regardless of how blessed you are, life is hard. And so you should do what you can to make it less hard for people who have it harder than you. That's what I think. I really like that and I, I like the idea of if you can help, yeah, help. Yeah, and not only that, but my life could change tomorrow. I yeah. mean, something could happen, and I would pray to God that there's someone there who could, you know, do for me what I've done for people. And I know that I have gotten through some hard things in life with the help of others. Yeah. And I I like to be able to pay that forward and be able to re-help exactly. I remember when I was in college, I worked for a couple of, I would volunteer for like different religious groups and uh, high school groups because I think high school is one of the hardest times yeah. for anyone. For sure. Because people are growing, developing, they don't really know what they're, who they are and where yeah. they want to go. And things like high schools have to deal with, there's just so many moving pieces and parts and outside influences. So just the ability to help in any way, just to impact one person's journey is, I think, why we're on this planet. Because as you said, life, living is hard. Yeah, it is. And they don't really like teach you that growing up, that like no. every single day is going to be like a dog fight it's just to figure it out. Yeah. And you just got to keep on working and never give up and keep putting that one foot forward. For me, I'm really big on, I want to take one step to improve every day. Yeah. And whether that That's be awesome. helping someone else and helping them take take that step or doing something for me. But one little step every day and yeah. I can stop at any point then and look back and see the path that I've walked. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's really good. And I think, yeah, whatever message whoever watches this stays away from it, just help somebody. Because... Life is hard. Help somebody and be nice because life is hard. People are mean. Just do what you can for people. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So rounding all of, all of this out though, if you if we could wave a magical wand mm-hmm. and remove any resource limit and give you the ability to kind of roll out any community action or item that you see in your mind, mm-hmm. what are you thinking that would be? Mm, there's so much to do. This world is in a tank right now um probably housing for people because i think everybody needs their own space just whether to get away or to clean yourself up or to be safe i mean if you know what i mean like especially women like you need a place to be safe um i think if we could make some kind of affordable housing for everybody so people don't have to sleep on the streets that would be my dream i love that shelter is so important and without protection of that base shelter how can you expect life yeah. to grow in those no ways. one should be sleeping on the streets when it's 20 degrees outside you know what I mean so I think that's what I would do would be that's the, huge. the housing yeah. yeah man that's awesome thank yeah. you thank you alright Eric so on the heels of talking about the importance of shelter and homes and having mm-hmm. a space I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to talk about what you do during the day what your job is yeah, I think that's a very good little yeah uh, connector piece there. So if you don't mind for everyone listening or watching, can you share a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So I'm a loan officer. I work for Prosperity Home Mortgage. Um, I've been in the business like, uh, almost two years now. Um, 
happened during COVID. So, okay. Yeah, I was actually, so I was personal training before COVID. And Full I was, time? Yeah. Nice. Personal training and managing at LA Fitness. Okay. Um, and then the gym shut down. And yeah. Didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't know how long the gyms were going to be shut down. And I also, I always wanted something with a little bit higher ceiling. Okay. Um, cause I went from serving to personal training, which was fine. I was probably making less money, but I was doing something I enjoyed more, Definitely. um, which is important, but you know, I, I just wanted something with a higher ceiling financially. Um, so took the time. My family's been in real estate for a long time on my mom's side. Oh. So my grandparents were real estate agents. My mom's a real estate agent. My stepdad works for prosperity as a, as an area manager. Okay. Um, so they had always kind of talked to me about maybe possibly getting into real estate, you know, whether it's lending or the real estate side of it. Um, so I decided I was going to go that route, chose lending. I don't, I don't know why, kind of just a flip of the coin. Sure. Um, and got licensed and, you know, in August of, what are we in 22 right now? Mm-hmm. August of 2020, I got a job uh, working for my guy, Matt Labazetta as his loan off- as a loan assistant. Um, shout out Matt, that's my guy. Um, did that for about six months and then got the opportunity at Prosperity to be my own loan officer, um, which is super cool. I'm glad I took the assistant route first because I didn't really know much about the business besides the test. I think that would set you up well to take that yeah. step of being your own loan officer. Yeah, and I just learned a lot of good habits from Matt and uh, I worked for Sienna as well, shout out Sienna. Um, but yeah, man, I've been, I've been on my own for like a year and a half now and um, it's a very stressful job. Yeah. But it's super rewarding. Um, it's a lot more stressful than I thought it would be, but super rewarding to be able to help people do something they didn't think was possible. It, I know purchasing a home or getting the finances and lined up to do that is a huge milestone yeah. for people. It's something that is sometimes goals for people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an achievement, and it also can be very confusing and complex. So. Yeah. I can imagine that helping people navigate that journey could be a little chaotic. Yeah, it's stressful. And yeah, the whole process is stressful. One, because, you know, it's the biggest purchase someone's ever going to make in their life, typically, mm-hmm. right, is buying a home. That's a good point. Um, biggest investment, biggest purchase. Most money they'll ever have to put down for something usually. So um, I think, you know, getting people started on the right track and helping them know what their options are mm-hmm. is super important. Also, we're never taught about credit in high school. Um, they don't teach us about and that's that's the basic starting point is having good credit to be able to buy a house. Mm-hmm. If credit's not there, you have to improve the credit, right? So I think we, we don't learn about credit enough and that can kind of screw people. We also don't learn about money management enough or investing. So I think, you know, I have, there's so many facets to what I do. I have to educate people on all this stuff that we all probably should have learned when we were 14, 15, and 16. You know yeah. what I mean? Because a lot of times if you don't know better, I was the same way. I mean, when I started at the U of A, I got a credit card didn't know any better to me is free money. Like run it up. Yeah. Like, that's why, <laughs> like, that's why I was in the student union every day getting Chick-fil-A and you know, yeah. Papa John's and just not paying it. And then I had late payments and it hurt my credit. So you, you, you kind of have to rebuild it. But you know, the sooner I can work with people and kind of get their credit in the right spot, the easier the transition is, but it's really cool to be able to, you know, when you start with someone with bad credit, helping them improve the credit while also building their savings. And then, you know, a few months later, they're in a position to buy a house. Yeah. In six months before that, they didn't even think that was an option. That's super cool. That's going on a journey right yeah. there and, and doing it at a high level to get it to that point. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces. So it's really cool. Um, I have some really great real estate agent partners that I work mm-hmm. with. Um, so I think it's all just, I, I have a really good group of people around me, colleagues, um, partners, friends, bosses, I'm just in a really good position right now. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like to me, and going back to the knowledge piece, and some people just don't know the knowledge because again, credit's not taught, money uh, management's not taught. It sounds like the team is a good resource for yeah. knowledge. You can go and really ask them any question that comes up in work. Yeah, and, and I'm surrounded out. with a lot of like-minded people who also like, not in it for the money, just want to help people get into homes. Because that's, I mean, the only way to really build generational wealth, unless you're born into it or a super tech genius, is mm-hmm. through real estate. I mean, because that's such an appreciating asset, you know, and if in down the line it's worth a hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So that's really the only that's the only way that ninety seven percent of people are gonna be able to build generational wealth. So I think it's super important for people. Dang. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I, I never thought about the important well the importance of real estate 
in long-term generational wealth. Yeah, I think how else, there. Yeah, how else are you going to get it if you work a regular 9-to-5 job that's enough to pay the bills and maybe put a little bit into savings, but in 20 years when you have kids and you know all these things, you're not you probably don't have enough to have generational wealth, right? Unless you're a super investor or something. So the easiest way for people to do it, the average person, is to own a home and keep it and let it appreciate. Is there a, a year mark that you've kind of seen where that can kind of, like owning a home 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, setting yourself up generationally, well, or is this any length of time? I mean, any length of time. I mean, if you own the home for 30 years, you usually have a 30-year loan. So after it's paid off, I mean, then it's worth, you know, a lot more, but even if you hold on to a, a house for five years, three years, and it's appreciated a hundred thousand dollars in value because the market's going up, then you can do a refinance and take out that hundred thousand dollars of equity that you have, mm. and now you suddenly have a hundred thousand dollars. Just like that. Just like that. Like <laughs> just by sitting and waiting. And it, it's the passive way to spend yeah. money because we don't all have the same hours to do these things out there because we talk life's hard. But yeah. these passive ways to grow that wealth is the just, way to go. Just owning and sitting in it. I mean, the market's going to go up, market's going to go down, value's going to go up, value's going to go down. But over a long enough amount of time, you know, especially if you get it paid off, that house is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, man. And you'll always have some place to live, which is important. Yeah. Yeah. Just real estate knowledge. I appreciate you sharing, man. Got you, brother. So, on the Smiles with Miles podcast, we mm-hmm. try to stay topical. Okay. So with that being said, uh, the memorial of the 21st uh, memorial for 9-11 recently passed. Yeah. Um, you participated in a challenge during that time. Yeah. I thought it was, it, it put a smile on my face. Okay. So since it made me smile, can you yeah. please share with everyone listening what you did? Yeah, I actually got invited to do it with one of my real estate partners, the Holly Butler team. Oh, cool. Um, they, they're the ones who introduced me to it, and I'm glad that they did because it was awesome, but um, it happens every year. It used to happen at the U of A Stadium, but now it's at the TCC. Okay. Um, and basically, you you know you walk the amount of steps that are in that were in the World Trade Center, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to in wow. memoriam for wow. you know, for the people who lost their lives in there, and um, they also give you uh, a lanyard with the face of someone who passed on nine eleven. Mm. You know, in in the event that happened, so um, you're kind of taking this person with you on this journey. On this memorial journey, they also have pictures of everyone who lost their lives on the stairs as you're passing, so you can kind of pay respects to each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really cool event. There's a lot of people out there, um, a lot of positivity, whether they were in shape or not, big or small, it didn't matter. Like everyone wanted to walk the steps for these people. So that was my first year doing it. Definitely won't be my last. Yeah. Um, but that was super cool. It was. It's it's heavy too because after you're done, you ring the bell and you say the person who's who's you're carrying with you, you say their name out loud. Okay, um, to kind of connect everything. Yeah. That's that is a little heavy, and I think it it for me it would probably cause me to pause and reflect yeah. a little bit. And I know when it comes to working out and the gym and weights, I think it's people always get there for different reasons. Yeah, and they have their own reasons, which is fine. Yeah, but this event specifically, I think everyone gathers with the same reasoning for behind sure. it, and that to me is what makes it extra special. Is that everyone is taking part of these steps work out and all of this yeah. for a specific cause and that's really beautiful yeah it was it was really cool and like i said it definitely won't be the last year i do it um i think it's really important i'm gonna try to get more people out to do it next year that's awesome yeah well if you've made it this far in the podcast that means that we are finally at the smile story and this small moment right here mm-hmm. is how all of this came to be okay back during the pan- pandemic time, I thought that there was not a lot of positive content in the world. For everything sure. was heavy, everything was just a lot, and I wanted to leave a little, I, I wanted to leave more smiles in the world than I was taking, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So on this journey, I developed a Smiles with Miles podcast, and the goal of this podcast is for me to bring on people that I know are authentic, genuine people that I really uh, care for and to ask them to tell me about a time that made them smile. So with all of that being said, mm-hmm. Eric, yeah. can you please tell me and everyone listening or or watching a time that has made you smile? Yeah, you know, I don't, I, I, I won't pick one specific event. And okay. the reason for that is I think I try to appreciate the little things every day. I love that. And, you know, take advantage of it. So like, let's just say yesterday, yesterday, I got to see one of my youngest sister cheerlead for the first time. 
and she was cheering it. She, I, this is the first week I've been able to make it out, but I got to watch her cheer. She got to lead one of the dances. That Whoa. made me smile. That's like, cool. A few weeks ago, I saw one of my sisters play basketball for the first time. It was her first game. That made me smile. Like doing hitting PRs in the weight room makes me smile. You know, seeing when I'm at school and the kid, I teach the kids something and then they execute it and they get excited about it because they did it right and it worked, that makes me smile. Um, seeing my friends succeed makes me smile. Um, seeing people do the right stuff makes me smile. Like, um, That's awesome. Military homecoming videos make me smile. Oh, oh man, me dude, th those ones just, oh, <laughs> like, just come out as soon as yeah, oh, it's rough, you know, but in a great way. Yeah, hearing good stories about people I know behind their back makes yeah. me smile. Like, I think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, hearing compliments about somebody, you know, seeing, seeing plans come together makes, like, there's so, I try to appreciate the little things just because we've talked about, you know, the world is so heavy. There's so much going on. So I try to appreciate the little things as stressed out and overwhelmed as I can get. And I have friends who remind me of this, that I just try to take in the little moments and be as present as possible and smile when I can. I really like that, and I think it's also really cool that you like to include others. Yeah. Like the the smiles and the positivities, the smile and the positivity can come with other people, yeah. and that to me is really special because I don't believe that mankind or humans were made to be alone. No, I think that um, a burden shared is less of a burden. Yeah. So being able to have those authentic moments with people is very special. So yeah. I think that's really, really Im important. Yeah, we weren't born to be selfish. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, we're kind of forced to be sometimes because the world kind of tries to pin us against each other. Yeah. But we weren't born to be selfish. So I think the more I can see other people win, the happier I am. I love that because as people win, we all win. Yeah, and we learn things through them winning and they can teach us something. And it's, the impact is felt. Yeah. That's cool. 100%. Well, I, uh, I uh, appreciate you sharing. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Before we wrap up, okay. I'm excited because we're going to get into some extra topics that I don't always... When I make my notes, I don't always get into the extra topics, but this time we have some time, so we're going to dive into them. Yeah, okay. So we're going to do these a little bit faster. Um, so yeah, I want to check in with you. you okay. You've always mentioned that you are a Marvel guy. Yeah. Well, I'm a superhero guy in general, but yeah. Okay, okay. So... First then, do you put any merit over DC versus Marvel, or do you just like them both? So, my favorite superhero of all time is DC. Okay, who is it? The Flash. Oh, great. Easy. Nice. Easy. Solid. Doesn't even, not even close. Okay. Um, Marvel's just been way more consistent in getting us awesome content, so yeah. it's hard. Like, I loved Zack Snyder's Justice League. I loved Robert Pattinson's Batman. I love Christian Bale's Batman. Like, there's been good things, but... Marvel's done something that we've never seen before with this 15-year universe-building ridiculousness. So I, all the respect goes there right now, obviously. But, like, God forbid, I wish Ezra Miller wasn't The Flash, but I'm so excited for that movie. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> I'm excited because it looks like we're actually going to get it, so I'm really I know, excited I for that. kind of don't want him to have that victory because yeah. he's kind of in an a-hole, but yeah. I need the movie. We do need it. Yeah. We, we really we do. It. And... I think for me, the DC, the characters and the worlds in the DC universe have always captivated me, specifically yeah. villains. I think if I ever just need a great villain, DC has them for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but mo the whole MCU and just what that is, and Kevin Feige, like, goodness, thank you for that, man, because yeah. he just has a vision he's going. Yeah. And DC's going to get there. I think they're looking for... A, they're trying. Yeah, they had someone, and then it fell through, so they're looking yeah. for someone to kind of put it all together. But they'll get there. Yeah. Okay, so with all of that though, let's check in about the MCU. Okay. Are you caught up on like Miss Marvel, or not Miss Marvel, on She-Hulk and, okay. How do you feel about the state of the MCU currently? I'm fine with it. I mean, I, everyone has their complaints and I get it and people are frustrated because we just had Endgame and Infinity yeah. War and Infinity War is probably the best Marvel movie ever. Agreed. Um, but it takes a long time to get there. Yeah. And so I'm okay with it. Like, WandaVision, I loved Captain America and the Winter Soldier was fine. Um, I thought it was okay. Miss mm -hmm. um, Marvel was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Loki was incredible. Yep. Um, Moon Knight was fun. Oh, I liked um, yeah. Moon Knight a lot. Yeah, Moon Knight was, was, was really fun. Yeah. Um, Oscar Isaac did an awesome job. He did. And She-Hulk was the one I had the biggest reservations about. Okay. Just because I didn't know what it was going to be like. Like, Obviously, there's issues with the CGI. Like, it looks oh, kind of... Yeah. 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 But... 
I think the episodes are short enough where it's keeping my attention. There's still a lot of important things that we're going to need in it. Um, I thought it's been it's been good. It's made me laugh. It's been better than I thought. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the, like, when you you everyone has certain expectations. They want everything to be all the time. Correct. You you gotta understand. There's there's appetizers before the meal. Like yes. She Hulk Moon Knight. I, I get it. All seems so disconnected. But Kevin Feige hasn't let us wrong yet. Nope. And obviously there's a plan. And Jonathan Majors as King is gonna be incredible. Like I'm not even worried about it. Yes, and I, I agree completely. And I see how the the Disney Plus shows, and this goes back to the C to the CGI. Plan. Yeah, I understand why the 30 minute Disney Plus show has the budget that it has. Yeah, but I will confidently tell you that Marvel movie that's gonna hit in like November or like December or February whenever they yeah. come out. That's gonna have the appropriate budget. So the next one is it. Black Panther two, I think, in November. Yep, that's gonna be incredible. Yeah, so um, I I'm definitely with you. I think it's it's overall in a really good spot, and I'm just excited to see where this journey is gonna end because I do think where it's going with like Kang and yeah, the let's just just trust the process. And if you want to remember what MCU was like before this started, I went back and I've been just rewatching old Marvel movies. Like I oh, watched. Wow, what's the most recent one? Uh, I just rewatched uh, Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, how was that? It was fine, like, but it's like Marvel's come so far. Yeah, I really do like the original Fantastic Four yeah. cast, but like, Marvel's come a long way. That's probably hard to go back because we we're like, we're definitely used to a certain Marvel. It's, it's even worse because I re- I rewatched before that I rewatched the Fantastic Four that came out in twenty fifteen with Miles Teller. Oh yeah, and that was terrible. Yeah, that's awful. Uh, Mm. And so, like, it's it's good to remember where you came from to remember how good yeah. you had it. I've seen that one one time, and I'm watching now. Okay, it's even I, worse than you remember. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I might I might have to. I remember watching in theaters. And I was like, oh, you know, whatever. It's it's not as bad as people say. And I remember all the complaints, but I was like, it's whatever. Like, just be thankful. But I go rewatch it now, and I'm like, wow, that's terrible. <laughs> I'm not thankful for this. It's terrible. It just came out and it's done. Yeah. So there's some things and battles. I think it's in a really good state. So yeah, I'm also excited to see how they weave in X Men because I think that that's I've always liked X-Men growing up. My uh, mom always tells the story when I was a kid, I wanted a Cyclops action figure. That's and that was like the one thing that I, I like wanted and she was like scouring all of the city to like find, find it. So X-Men are always just, they always hold a special place in my heart. And I just want to see how they're going to get fully. Is he your favorite X-Men? So no, but as a kid, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like as a kid, I think that like just the whole idea of like laser vision, I was like, that's Sick. dope. Yeah. But then as I've gotten older, I was like, ah, the practicality in that is Not like right. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't see anything. It would be really inconvenient. Yeah, like yeah. I always gotta wear glasses. But um, yeah, no, X-Men are, are always solid. I've always been a Wolverine guy. Just Wolverine's his, like, great, yeah. Gruffness and how much he just like doesn't care. And he's About just anything. this dude that's like, I'm Logan, I'm here. Yeah. I just have always for sure. That. Yeah, man. Okay, so shifting out of Marvel. Okay. I know for me, I gotta share. I have a special memory that <laughs> I think of with Eric that's always made me smile. When we were in college, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know the date of when it came out, but when Drake dropped, if you're reading this, uh, what is it? It's too late. This, it's too late. Yeah. When that came out, you just happened to be at the house visiting, hanging out that like night. Yeah. And I remember that you came in and you were like, whoa, do you guys know what just happened? <laughs> and I had no idea. And you were the one that like told me, like you were my tweet in real time. Yeah. And that like, and that's consistently been one of probably my favorite Drake albums. Yeah. And just the fact that that's how like how you that album started it, yeah. was perfect for me. So I want to say thank you. Course. Do you remember when that album came out? I don't remember the exact date, but I remember that time. I, I can remember where I was when most of the Drake albums dropped, which is weird. Um, he just has that power. He does. Like, yeah. When Take Care dropped, I was sitting outside on the porch with my buddy Kawan, and we were smoking hookah, and the album just dropped, and we were listening to it. Um, nothing that's was, great. Like, that's the best vibe. Yeah, take, nothing, take care. yeah, nothing was the same. I was driving in the car, I don't remember, but I remember the album came out, and I had to play it. Um, Scorpion, Colorado for opening a restaurant um, as like a trainer. Mm-hmm. And I was, and the thing I love about Drake Gobbins is he's the only artist that you, the whole timeline gets together to react to the album. So like if you're on Twitter, 
and a Drake album drops at a certain time, like everyone's listening to it at the same time and tweeting what they think about each song. And I think that's why I can remember it so That vividly. makes sense. Like, and you can kind of see with like the timestamps, like, yeah. oh, you guys are three songs in now. Yeah. It's oh, like, no, six songs in. It's like a listening party with thousands of people. And no other artist has that. He just does it differently, man, yeah. I swear. But that was a, a moment that always made me smile. So I appreciate you just bringing of that course. up. Of course. You letting me bring that one up. Of course. As you mentioned that you did personal training mm-hmm. in the past a little bit, and you are still very active in the gym. Most of your days start in the gym, I would say, correct? Yeah. You, what time do you get up to go to the gym? 3.45. Every day? Every day. Well, Every Monday day. through Friday. Okay, Monday through Friday. Yeah. Um, how long that, did, did that take to build that habit? Long like, time. Was it probably like two months, and then you felt like consistent in it? Yeah, I wasn't like... During college, I was partying a lot, not really working out. Then I got some pretty bad body image issues, but it's whatever. Um, then I was in a relationship for quite a while. We didn't really work out. And then we kind of went through a whole situation. It was a pretty traumatic experience, but it kind of made me shift how I wanted to take care of my body. Um, and so I started going to the gym. The way I committed to it was I told myself, because I'd been in and out, but not consistently. So okay. I told myself, I forget what year it was, but I said, I'm going to go 300 days this year. Whoa. Doesn't matter when they are. But I had to do 300 days. Okay. And you achieved that goal. Yeah. It ended up going like 3.30. Um, but marking it on the calendar every day yeah. kept me going. Nice. Um, so it didn't matter what time of the day or anything like that. And then that just kind of started. You know, it only takes, you know, a few weeks to really build a habit. But, you know, I kept going, kept going, kept marking. And I got to like 3.30 and I was really proud of myself. Yeah. And then, it, then I started learning more about the right ways to work out, the right things to do, the right things to eat. And it became a habit. And the reason I go so early now is because it's still hard to go some days. But if I don't go in the morning, I won't go. Because I, you know, I work all day and then I'm at practice till 7 and I don't have any energy at the end of the day. I'm so spent. So I get up at 3.45, do my stretching, you know, whatever I got to do in the morning, meditation. And then I'm at the gym by 5, usually from about 5 to 7. So, yeah. yeah. That's good. That is that is a routine right yeah. there. I'm very regimented in my routine. Yeah, and I think that that, that is great. because. Yeah without those life turns into chaos. Exactly. Yeah. So with all that and all your weightlifting knowledge, experience, and background, you were already mentioned before about crossing off the days and visually seeing it is a good tip to get people into the gym. Yeah. Do you have any other tips about getting to the gym or about what to do when you are in the gym? You mentioned that you learned a couple things on the right ways of doing things. Any I'm really big on wanting to share and communicate knowledge to people because I think yeah. knowledge is power and without that knowledge, we don't really know what we're doing. For sure. So anything that you would like to share. I think the biggest pieces of advice is one, you know, if you're just starting to get into the gym, don't worry about the weight, do the right form mm-hmm. um, to avoid injury and really, you know, just build up your body the right way. Um, two, find a good reason why you're going because, um, you know, it's good to watch a motivational video in the morning to really get you going, but discipline is going to last a lot longer than motivation. Um, and it's a lot more important. This one's much more important than motivation. So if you have a good reason why behind behind why you're doing it, it's going to get you there every day. Whether it's to be healthy for your kids, or you know you have terrible body image issues, or you know whatever it is, find a reason that's going to keep you pushing. Um, that's bigger than you, so you still go on the days you don't want to feel like it. I like that. Yeah. I that makes that that's really good because yeah, sometimes the that motivation in the moment can be very fleeting. Yeah. And yeah, there's a the Eric Thompson video that's gonna get you yeah. there and it's gonna be great. Uh but then we need something to sustain that in the world. Yeah, discipline's more important and that's you know, there's I as motivated and as passionate as I am about it, there's a lot of days where I'm not motivated and I just have to be disciplined enough to go. And even if I have a shitty workout that's better than not going at all. Yeah. And I think that taps into the sports piece because yeah. sometimes you, you just have to go to practice. You got to put the reps in. You just have to do it. 100%. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing those tips. Of but course. I think, man, that's going to really round out all of the big pieces that I had before okay. we go. I always want to give you a time to mention, shout out anything that you really got got going on. So if you just want to let the people know where they can keep up with you or stay up to date with, you know, anything that you got going on. Yeah. I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I think it's Eric Dupree underscore for both. Um, you know, you can, if you're interested in buying a house, feel free to reach out. Let's get you qualified. I'll put you with a great, uh, great real estate agent. I have some great partners, the urban home team, the Holly Butler team, uh, John Inspector Hellwig, Brandon Walker, um, Pam Washer. There's a lot of great people that I work with. Um, you know, it's too many to name cause they're, they're, they're awesome. Um, I'm going to be posting links for donations here for my end of the year event. So be on the lookout for that. 
Um, shout out to my guys at Catalina Foothills, all the players and the coaches. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you. Uh, Matt Lavazetta, Tommy Will, um, everyone who holds me down, family, everybody. Yeah. Love it. Well, again, from the bottom of my heart, Eric, thank you so much for just giving up some time just to come hang. I think that this is a great conversation. I think it's one that definitely made me smile. And the goal with all of this is to bring smiles to anyone listening or watching. So if this did, please drop a comment and a smile down below. As uh, Eric mentioned, all of his links are going to be in the uh, description down below. So you'll be able to stay up, stay up to date there. For sure. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Of course, man. Always. <laughs> Whoo, big exhale from me. Thank you so much to Eric for stopping by and just being willing to sit down and talk about all the other things that he has going on. He is an impressive friend and I, I'm lucky for all the, all of the instances I get to sit down with him and just talk with him and I'm grateful that he will give up some of his time, especially on a Sunday to come and talk it up with me, means the world. Um, yeah, I think that what Eric just does and what he kind of strives for and stands for is something that I appreciate. And, you know, he said some things about wanting to share moments with his friends and see his friends win and succeed. And that's how I definitely feel about him is that watching him succeed and go at life and conquer has been a blessing for me to see. It's been inspirational for me to see. And I'm just so thankful that we had the opportunity to just connect and talk. And Specifically, I'm just glad that the that you and anyone listening or watching just wanted to tap into this moment too. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. This experience for me, this podcast, this Smiles universe that I'm creating is growing. It's changing and adapting. And I'm so grateful that I have people and friends that would want to come and be part of this journey with me because it's a little intimidating on my end. It's a lot of finding things out and figuring things out in real time together, which is good. But I'm just so grateful for any opportunity that anyone has to want to um, collaborate and just be part of this process with me because I do think that sharing and spreading smiles is one of the most important things that we can do. So I'm just grateful for Eric. I thought it was a very authentic and organic conversation. Uh, all his links are going to be in the description down below. So feel free to check those out if you're looking to uh, finance your, your home, if you're looking to uh, uh, have any questions on football in uh, town, if you have any questions on weightlifting or any of kind of those items, if you want to talk more about Marvel, any of the fun topics there, he's available. Reach out, reach out to him. Um, it's all going to be great, positive conversations. But I think with all of that, the skills have been sharpened. Uh, we are taking steps better every single day, even if it's just one small step. I think steps were taken. I'm appreciative of everyone that tapped in, and I'm excited to see what the future is going to hold. So I think for this moment right now, that's going to really round out all the items that I was looking to talk about. But I will say, keep a lookout because there should be a journal coming on YouTube soon. So there should be a YouTube exclusive journal coming out, recapping uh, uh, this new Smiles HQ space that I have. So keep an eye out for that. You can always find the podcast. Oh, we got cars revving outside. Sometimes that just happens, but we keep going. But um, you can always find me and stay up to date with all my movements at smileswithmiles.com, S-M-Y-L-E-S, with miles, M-Y-L-E-S.com. That's where you can stay up to date with uh, me and all the stuff that I have going on. Please check that out. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, YouTube, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, I'm on Reddit. Uh, it's just, you know, different places you can find me. So just search Smiles with Miles and it'll pop right on up. With all that being said, I appreciate everyone taking the time to listen, tap in, enjoy this conversation. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day, a great week, and I hope that, I hope that you can find some authentic way to smile in your next week. Uh, but with all that being said, I'm looking forward to smiling again soon, y'all. Peace.